0: type of sermon and and um this is the type of sermon the devil doesn't like so anyway y'all help me with this tonight help me preach it and help me just get focused with me on this but lord i pray in jesus name lord that you would help right now just let your blood come over this place and time in every life lord i'm asking you if y'all could help me pray let's get focusing on the lord but lord i thank you for a fresh anointing on the word tonight I ask you to come speak through me tonight in Jesus' name, the words of life. Let everything be spoken tonight that is your will to be done, that it will go out as living seeds of truth sown into good fertile soil of hearts and minds and lives watered by the Holy Spirit. Take root, grow and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains. Lord, I pray for an incredible anointing and thick glory on this word tonight that every person that's hearing this will be captivated, that we'll give you our best year, our full attention, our focus Lord, to be locked in mentally, to no distractions or anything, just focused in on what you're speaking. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint our eyes and our ears and give us eyes and ears of the Spirit. Lord, so that we can really see and hear what the Spirit is speaking to us. That it's not just on a surface level, but it's really a deep level of understanding and revelation. Lord, I pray tonight that you'll come upon me. And Speak the words of life and everything that is your will to be spoken out will go forth There won't be anything lacking and Lord that there won't be going um, Side trailing, but it will be right on the mark I'm asking you Lord that your word will be a mighty hammer tonight that will break down the strongholds the deception the lies of the enemy Because sometimes people have been raised a certain way or they've they've been in, in a certain culture or they've had pet doctrines or traditions of men and things that are definitely not the Lord, but that's the way they think it's supposed to be. And sometimes when you preach something like this, it really com- comes up against that. And I ask you, Lord, tonight, that there, your Word would be a hammer that would really break down these strongholds and break the hardness off people's hearts, to where there's a, a brokenness and a humility. And let your Word go out as a sword that will cut away what needs to go. A light shining in the darkness, and we believe for this a light shining forth that will dispel all the darkness, all the lies, all the deception of the enemy out of every life, out of every mind, out of every heart, out of every family. This will go forth and dispel that darkness and bring truth and bring revelation. And we thank you for it and we bind the enemy that in any way would try to hinder this word. You will not hinder it. Jesus talked about the parable of the seed and the sowers, how birds try to steal the seed. We bind the enemy. You will not steal this seed. You will not hinder it. It will go forth and accomplish everything that God desires it to do. But the Bible says the word of the Lord will do that. And Lord, we ask you to send forth the angels of the Lord that will literally help carry this word out to every place around the world that you want it to go. And it will accomplish everything that you want it to accomplish. We bless you, Lord, for you've given us your holy word. And we thank you for your word. Where would we be today without your word, Lord? We would be totally lost and confused. We would have no center of balance. We would have no anchor in our faith. Lord, we thank you for your holy word. It is a treasure, and we don't want to ever take it lightly. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you for this time, and we believe we receive it now. We agree together for it to be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Alright, I want to thank you guys for helping me pray like that over the word. All right, I'm going to cover something very different tonight, and so please bear with me. If you would, I would appreciate it just as little moving around and talking and all that is possible if you could please help me preach this tonight i would appreciate it and uh, this type of thing is is something that like i said earlier the devil is not happy about all right so i'm dealing with banders and shofars part eight and i'm gonna deal with defilement and the reason why i named it defilement is because obviously we all know that sin defiles us but listen to me this is maybe something new and different to you but you can still be defiled without sinning okay you can still be defiled without actually committing a sin and that's going to be different for some people tonight but I'm going to explain it as I go okay all right and what I was going for with the artwork is a bride that has been defiled defiled by the world her wedding garments are defiled And now he knows Jesus, and and the next time I preach, I'm going to close out the banners and show for us. I'm going to deal with the wedding feast to come. I'm going to deal with the bride being ready, okay? But Jesus is not coming for a bride that looks like this. Jesus is coming back for a bride, the Bible says, without spot or blemish. And so when I deal with this tonight, this is actually a very serious subject. This is a subject that if some people don't listen, it could cause them to miss the coming of the Lord and quite honestly could open them up to the enemy, to where they have demonic influence in their life and they're in need of deliverance. It's a very serious issue. All right, so let me read a couple scriptures like an umbrella. I'm going to cover right now just some scriptures over the whole sermon and then I'm going to break down some points i want you to look at this in ephesians 5 starting with verse 8 it says for you were once in darkness now how many knows that's the truth we were in darkness but now you are in the light in the lord okay you were in darkness now you're in light now we know that there's a we use the saying you know it's like night and day it's so different it's like night and day true christianity i mean it is really truly like night and day where we were Okay, you were once in nighttime, now you're in daytime. I mean, it's just a radical difference. And the Bible says, live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now look at verse 10, and find out what pleases the Lord. Now I want you to really focus on that right there tonight. Find out. So you gotta understand, Paul grew up, and in this Banners and Shofar series, I deal a lot with this particular subject. But Paul grew up, as a jew so he grew up knowing what pleases the lord and what the lord hates you understand that the the jewish culture was a culture that understood that when they went into canaan they they were driving out these nations and they understood that god hated those detestable practices of the pagans and the witchcraft and and spiritism and all that god hated it he detested it and he said drive that out have nothing to do with it and paul understood that his culture was all about they had learned what pleases the lord not that they always did it amen if you read the old testament but they did understand what pleases the lord and so paul being a jew grew up that way was now talking to gentiles in a gentile church in ephesus and he said to them you need to learn what pleases the lord So in other words, your culture, your lifestyle, what you've known may not please the Lord and you need to find out what actually pleases him. All right. In verse 11, have nothing to do, everybody say nothing to do, do. with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It doesn't say try to cohabitate with it. It doesn't say to intermix with it it says for us as christians to not have anything to do with it whatsoever this is going to make more sense as i go tonight but we are called to expose it so as christians that's what i'm doing tonight i'm exposing this all right now look at second corinthians chapter 6 do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common now see you can't have a blend how many knows that you can't blend salt water and fresh water together I mean it just doesn't work if you take a fish that's that's from salt water and you put it into fresh water what's gonna happen to the poor thing it's still in water but it's gonna die so this is saying here you can't blend righteousness and wickedness they don't have anything in common you can't mix light and darkness what fellowship can light have with darkness what harmony is there between Christ and Belial An interesting, Belial, you can see in that word, Baal. Remember that. You can see Baal in there. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Now, how many of you know when you got saved, all of a sudden all your unbelieving friends, if you really were a real Christian, and you really got saved, all of a sudden all your heathen friends quit wanting to hang out with you. Why? You didn't even have to really run them off. They all of a sudden didn't really want to hang out anymore because there's not really a fellowship between you know, Christians and non Christians. And I'm just going to say this that people that are real comfortable hanging around just rank heathens and rank heathens are real comfortable hanging around them, um, you have to wonder how saved they really are. Hello? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, and I want you to really focus on this, I will live with them and walk among them i will be their god and they will be my people therefore come out from them and be separate says the lord touch no unclean thing and i will receive you i will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the lord but the bible is crystal clear new testament come out from among them be separate be different Now, let me use something about the Jewish culture that's going to be kind of interesting here. God told them to wear garments that had tassels on it. Now, that's become prayer shawls, but back then, their garments had tassels. Nobody else around them had that. So when they walked down the street, they stuck out. They were different. The Lord told them, and all of them had beards, okay? The Lord told them for their beards to not round them off like the the heathen did around them so in other words they, when they walked places you could look at them and say oh that's a Jew you could tell by them being a ways off and not only that God gave them this different diet that they were to eat so every time they sat down to even eat a meal they were they had to be thinking in their mind we are God's people we're set apart we're different We don't have the same diet as the people around us. We don't have, we don't look the same. We don't believe the same. All these heathens around us believe in many gods. They sacrifice to idols, but we believe in the one true God and we worship him and keep his word. They were a completely different. What I'm trying to get at is they looked different. They acted different. They were totally, completely different. And because of how different they were, the people around them hated them. And that's a picture and type now in Christianity of the way that we're supposed to be spiritually speaking. We are called out to be different than the world, okay? We're, we're to be separate from the world. People should look at us and say there's something different about it. We're not to touch the unclean. All right, 1 Corinthians 3.17. I may not have put this in there. I, I apologize. I did the best I could. There was a lot of information I had to get together and can concise this you know but anyway first corinthians 3:17 listen to this scripture even though you may not have it in your notes if any man defiles the temple of god as first corinthians 3:17 if any man defiles the temple of god god will destroy him for the temple of god is holy and you are that temple that is a scary verse And that's exactly what it says. If any man defiles, defile is the word pathero in Greek, P-H-T-H-E-I-R-O, pethero. And it means to corrupt or defile. Okay, so when you corrupt and defile your temple, God says, I will destroy that temple. And then Leviticus 19, verse 31, it says, do not defile yourselves, by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead for I am the Lord your God but I want you to notice that the Bible says that we are not to defile our temple and God says you don't go to these 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 pagan deities and you don't participate in that stuff because you'll be defiled by it that's what it says so that's where I'm coming from today what is it that defiles us? what is it that defiles our home what is it that defiles churches As you know as as sincere as, as a christian can be and a church can be there can still be defilement that finds its way in if we're not careful and where there's defilement the enemy will be at work let me give you an example and then i'll, I'll start moving through this sermon if i was walking out in the woods and i had on Let's just say Pastor Scott had him on a lumberjack shirt, all right. So I'm all, and I'm sporting a big beard and all this, and I'm going through the woods, and I accidentally brush up against some kind of a tree that has like molasses or some kind of a sap or something. I didn't even realize I did it because I got my big lumberjack shirt on, okay. And so it's it's got all over me now. It's on my back right here, and I'm walking along, but this molasses, this sap, has a smell about. It. So I'm walking around going. Man, there's something smells good. I don't know what it is. But all of a sudden, without me realizing it, I'm, you know, all of a sudden something's, things are starting to, and all of a sudden bugs are now starting to come and attract themselves to me that were not attracted to me before. I find myself getting bitten. Flies are buzzing all around me. And maybe even bees are being attracted to me. And they're trying to sting me because I've got this stuff on me that I didn't even realize I picked up. Are you seeing the analogy? I didn't sin by brushing up against a tree. Okay? Sometimes you can brush up against things, things can slip into your life without you even sinning, but there's still some kind of a defilement that comes. And with that defilement, it's gonna that defilement is gonna begin to draw the things to you that you do not want drawn to you. If you go into a house, it can be a beautiful house. I mean really nice. And you go in there and you get some nasty garbage that's been in a dumpster for like three weeks. It's got some, some chicken wing bones that have been in there for three weeks, okay? You can just imagine. It's got some T-bones where somebody had gnawed on it, threw away the bone. You know, it's got all this nasty garbage and, and you take it and you dump it in the middle of their living room. And you leave it there for some time. It doesn't matter how beautiful that home is. It's only going to be a matter of time before the roaches start showing up before the rats start showing up and pretty soon they're going to have an infestation to deal with and they're going to have to the only way they're going to really be able to get rid of that stuff is number one is to clean out the garbage that defiled their home so that's kind of where i'm coming from today all right so number one let's deal with sin number one sin is the ultimate defilement and i used to preach a sermon when i I traveled and it was called six sins to ensure yourself in a, pl- a place in hell. So, hey, listen—if you want to go to hell, I'll show you how to do it right here. Okay, Galatians five sixteen—it's very clear in the Bible. I used to preach this, man. People, people get the fear of God on them. Man, come down and get right. All right, six sins to ensure ensure yourself a place in hell. All right, Galatians five 6, sixteen says but I say to you walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh for the flesh sets itself against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh how many knows that you're there's a war going on within you the Spirit of God and the flesh these are in opposition to one another so that you don't do the things that you please so in other words even though you may your flesh may want to sin you don't because the Spirit of God helps you not to do that anymore but if you are led by the Spirit the Spirit of God and you are you're not under law now the deeds of the flesh are evident listen to what he says here immorality impurity sensuality all of that can fall under the category of sexual sins okay idolatry sorcery sorcery there's witchcraft of any kind enmities and strife jealousy outburst of anger disputes dissensions dissension is rebellion where, you know, kids rebelling against their parents and and people rebelling against, like, the pastor in the church, things like that. Factions. Factions where you're causing division. You're tearing up relationships. Envying. Envying what other people have. Drunkenness. Carousing. And things like these, of which I'll forewarn you. Look at what this says. Just as I forewarned you, those that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's about as clear as it can be revelation 21 8 look at this but the cowardly how many knows that there's not a lot of patience god's going to have for people in these last days that are going to be cowards and are not going to stand up for the lord the bible says if you're ashamed of me before men i'll be ashamed of you before my father you better stand up for the truth even though you may be persecuted for it you may hate they may hate you because you simply just say in love listen homosexuality not right it's just not right the bible says it's not right they may hate you for that Okay, and you may have to take a stand against some things and and, but you cannot be a coward. And it says the unbelieving and abominable, the murderers, the immoral persons, the sorcerers, sorcerers is anybody that practices the dark arts, idolaters, idolaters are people that worship other gods like Buddha, Hindu, etc. And all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I don't think anybody can imagine how bad hell really is. I've always said for many years that I think, I can't prove it, this is my opinion, but when volcanoes erupt, you know, and that lava's coming out and that smoke, I wonder if hell isn't enlarging itself to be able to handle handle the masses that are being swept in there. But that's the same type of stuff that's in hell that people are floating in, and they cannot die. And that's not God's will for them to be in that. But they chose, listen, we've got a choice. God made hell for the devil and his angels. But if you choose to live in sin and reject Jesus Christ, you are choosing to make Satan your Lord and master, whether you realize you're doing it or not. And you will go where he goes to be with him in his judgment. All right, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators. Fornicators are people that have sex outside of marriage. These are people that shack up, they're not married, and they're sleeping together. They're not gonna be in heaven if they continue in that sin. Idolaters, adulterers, we all know what adultery is. The effeminate, these are like, I'm not trying to be mean, but like transgender people, cross-dresser type people, okay? Nor homosexuals nor thieves nor the covetous nor the drunkards nor the revilers or the swindlers they will not inherit the kingdom of god such were some of you paul said you some of you used to be these things but now you're washed you are sanctified you are justified in the name of the lord jesus christ and in the spirit of god you know i had a friend a long time ago that worked with a woman and um she was actually in the ministry this is concerning to some of you i'm sure she was in the ministry working with teenagers but she was a practicing lesbian and he would try to warn her and talk to her say man i don't know if you think that god's going to wink at it one day because you're trying to help people or something but i'm telling you. and one day she had left her bible open and she had went somewhere for a long time and he was just they had cubicles close to each other he wasn't trying to snoop or anything but he just noticed her Bible open and he noticed one of those yellow sticky notes stuck on the Bible and just out of curiosity he was like what in the world and he looked down and listen to this on 1 Corinthians 6 uh, 9 that I just read where it says homosexuals will not be in heaven she had put a yellow sticky note over that so she wouldn't have to see it so every time she flipped through the Bible she could just ignore that part man god help her but you know that that's anyway we got to get things right with jesus amen all right so here's six sins six categories of sin based on those three scriptures that no doubt will send people to hell number one is the occult this is any type of false god worship any type of idolatry it can be islam buddhism hinduism taoism new age whatever And also the dark arts, which I will explain later, of witchcraft and divination and sorcery. Number two, the sexually immoral. Any sex outside of marriage between a man and his wife is sexual immorality in the Bible. That is the only sex that God sanctions. Number three, liars and thieves. Those were very clearly pointed out. Number four, drunkards. I'm concerned about some of the stuff I see in the body of Christ right now. People call themselves Christians, but I'm going to tell you. And not just the drinking, but the substance abuse that's going on. And Anyway, the next one is because, see, back then they didn't necessarily have the, the, the same type of drugs, and they didn't have the, the chemistry and the ability with technology to maybe make the same stuff that we have today. But they did have drugs through the occult. And they had alchemy, and they would, and these uh, people that practiced witchcraft would would mix these mind altering drugs and drink them. It was a part of their witchcraft. And let me just tell you, in the Bible, sorcery has always been connected with drug use. Always. In fact, the Greek word for sorcery is pharmakeia, where we get our word pharmacy from. Okay. All right. The next one is covetous people. These are people that are greedy and materialistic. They love money and they're never content. Let me say it again. Greedy, materialistic. They love money. They're never content. All right, the last one is murderers. I put a subcategory underneath that about unforgiveness because the Bible says if you don't forgive others, your sins aren't forgiven. So that's definitely going to keep some people out of heaven. But that's kind of a subcategory because murder is not just physically murdering somebody, but it's also hating somebody in your heart. And not only that, but there's a spirit of murder about some people where they want to destroy other people's reputation, other people's career, other people's ministry. Just because they don't like them or something, they want to destroy them. They want to destroy their name. And that's a spirit of murder. It really is. And then, of course, abortion. And we're living in a time where society is so corrupt and so perverted that people are trying to teach society that a baby in the womb is just a like a clump of tissue it's not even a living thing and that's how they deceive people into thinking it's okay to murder that baby because they're saying it's just a clump of tissue so it doesn't matter if you go in there and rip it out but how many knows that God says right at conception that's the life God puts life in that womb and that's a living person and you know what's scary according to statistics out of car wrecks, you know, planes crashing, violent crimes, did you know the least safest place to be in America is in a mother's womb right now? Because that's how many babies are being aborted. God hates it, and I'm telling you, he's angry. That's the shedding of innocent blood. And I know that, that some people won't preach like this, but, you know, the Bible says there's sins that will cause the land to vomit you out it says it in Leviticus you ought to look this up it's interesting the sins that will cause the land to vomit out its inhabitants one of them is shedding innocent blood the other one is witchcraft and the occult and then if I'm not mistaken I remember correctly the other one is sexual perversions now you look at America today is it not concerning the Bible says that and look at our society all right So these are sin, if we don't, if any of us, any preacher, anybody, if we don't repent of this and get this out of our lives and live for Jesus, the Bible says these things will send us to hell. Amen? So this is sin. But now I'm gonna deal with not only sin, but I'm gonna deal with defilement. This sermon can really help you if you'll lay hold of this. This will answer probably a lot of your questions as well. There was a time back years ago that whenever women would go into labor back then doctors were going on horseback or they would go in buggies and they would go house to house they had to make a lot of house calls and there was a high percentage of women that were getting sick after they were giving birth and they were getting diseased and sick and some of them dying and they begin to study this and they begin to understand how important it is for doctors to wash their hands because they were going from one procedure to the next procedure and they weren't adequately washing their hands now understand the time that they lived in and so when they would go from one person to the next they were carrying things from one to the next now we know that in the bible god had told Israel to make sure that they buried dead bodies a certain way they were supposed to keep their sewer outside the city they were supposed to ceremonially wash themselves wash their hands before they ate and in their society God had made it to where they were protected from this type of thing but in American culture years ago they did not realize the importance of that and so that's just kind of an example of how defilement can go from one person to the next without even sinning you can accidentally have a gateway that is opened up against you and also have defilement that attaches itself to you without even sinning and i'm going to explain that in just a moment spiritual gateways is what jesus was talking about when he said the gates of hell will not prevail against you a gate of hell is an open door to your life it's just like for example we have a front door if you were to open that door and not lock it you know pretty much anybody could come in that wants to and so you want to keep your life all the gates are shut and sealed with the blood of jesus to the enemy you don't want to accidentally have some kind of an opening where something is flying through there and attacking your life you also don't want to have defilement in your life So let me give you some things that are defiling people like nobody's business. Number one, first thing that came to mind is like tattoos and piercings. You know, it's interesting that we're living in a time when we can see that the Antichrist is near. His rising is near. I know those of you that know Bible prophecy, you will understand this statement. It seems like the tribulation is wanting to happen at any moment. It's just like it's just like the world is, is is pregnant with this uh evil that's wanting to come up and, and you know what really is restraining everything is the bride still here but it's interesting to me that society is becoming obsessed with tattoos and piercings and the very thing the bible says will be the antichrist will have what's called the mark of the beast and what it is the bible's clear it's going to be some kind of a mark on the right hand or forehead that's either going to be tattooed or pierced or implanted in people and satan is making sure that society is getting very comfortable with tattoos and piercings right now but the bible says to not get tattoos and piercings and i'll give you a quick story about this i need i can't dwell on one thing too long but when I was living in sin, I'd gotten a tattoo years ago back when I was like 17, 18 years old. And I had never, I got saved and I had never really thought about it. You know, I just simply asked God to forgive me for all my sin. There was a whole lot of it, you know, it took me a while, but once I got it all confessed. And um, I, was, I was there one day and this preacher who I really love was, was preaching and he made this statement. He said, you know, if I had a tattoo, he said, I would anoint it with oil and pray over it that God just cleanse and remove off my life anything. And so I said, you know, I need to do that because I've never done that. And so I just anointed it with oil, and I was praying. And, bro- and I'm telling you, it shocked me. I had a sharp pain in my shoulder come out of nowhere and shot down to my elbow and left. Something broke off my life. Now, I can tell you from this is going to creep some people out, but I've been in ministry now for about 20 years, and I've seen some crazy stuff. And I have seen with my eyes people that I have, prayed over and anointed their tattoos or piercings. I have seen them manifest demons that came out of them that came into them through tattoos and piercings. Now, what are you going to do with that? I mean, I, I've prayed for them, broke the power of that thing, and they manifested demons, fell on the ground, and demons came out of them. Hello? I've had people that in a, in a service I was ministering to, a bunch of young people one time, and uh, I just simply preached along these lines. And I told him, I said, if you want to be free from anything, just let's go ahead and do this now. And I said, y'all need to anoint any area where you've had tattoos, piercings, where you've had suicide attempts. You know, you've got scars, you need to anoint those areas. If you were a cutter, somebody that would get depressed and cut yourself, you need to anoint those places. And they all were doing this. They got the oil. You know, you see them over there anointing everything. I said, all right, in Jesus' name, I break off, and I took authority, and I mean to tell you, it was like a thunderclap in the spirit realm. It was was an explosion of power hit that room, and I heard a collective group of people go, like that, and it felt like this, this black cloud came up off that place and went out the back. so these things about tats and piercings and suicide attempts and stuff like that and cutting and marking your body it is not innocent and i'm telling you that it's defiling people you know is it a sin that's going to send people straight to hell i don't know but i do know this regardless it is defiling them okay and i know that people that get caught up in the occult that they specifically mark their body they have implants their satanic rituals where things are swallowed they need to pray about this stuff and get that broken off their life okay some of you have no idea what i'm talking about and you don't need to but there's other people out there that know exactly what i'm talking about you need to get that broken off you and get delivered so these are things that are defiling people another thing is substance abuse there was a preacher years ago powerfully used of god and the lord appeared to him when he was a young man and there was this manifestation of the holy spirit and it scared him half to death and he heard the voice of god and the lord told him he said when you get older i have a work for you to do but he said you do not defile your temple do not drink do not smoke do not do anything in any way to defile your temple because i have a work for you to do i'm telling you this substance abuse stuff is defiling people I know people can twist the Bible all day long to justify themselves getting tattoos and drinking and cussing and all the stuff. You know, did you know that there's people that do some hideous things and then they'll quote the scriptures in a perverted way to justify what they're doing all the time? You can take a scripture out of context and twist it all to pieces to justify all kinds of crazy stuff. If you want to, you can twist the Bible to to say whatever you want it to say. I I, I was going to say this later in the sermon, but there was recently a supposed Christian couple, big giant air quotes, because they're not Christian, okay? But they were involved, there was two Christian couples, quote Christians, that were wife swappers, swingers. And they came out public saying, yeah, you know, we do this. And at first we felt funny about it, but now we're okay. It's like, man how do people get so deceived to where and they, and they were quoting scriptures and stuff how do people get so deceived that their mind they can twist the scriptures and twist everything up and jumble it up to where what they're doing is somehow justified let's just make it clear and simple that's adultery and the bible says i've already read it it will damn your soul period that's just the way it is And if they probably had a preacher that would tell them that from the beginning, really preach it from the pulpit, really tell it like it is, it might have stopped something like that from even starting in the first place. There's people that go to churches all the time that they're shacked up living together, having sex outside marriage, and they maybe don't even know it's wrong because it's never talked about in the church. And if they die in that condition, they're going to be in hell because the Bible's clear, but nobody's warning them. but substances will defile. Drinking will defile. Entertainment can defile you. You need to be careful what you're watching and listening to. There was a man of God that had a vision one time and in this vision there was a group of people and they were all at a movie theater and they were watching this movie. And during the movie some stuff had come on that would normally shock people and they were like taken back. But there was this in the spirit he saw a vision of this spiritual like a green slime that shot out from the screen and landed on the people but it's a spiritual thing so the people didn't know it happened and he said he was watching as this green slime was on him and it seemed like in the slime it had like electricity in it and he said it soaked into him and it was desensitizing them and defiling them where that didn't bother them anymore places you are at can defile you Hanging out in bars and clubs and things like that, it can defile you. I don't understand for the life of now somebody can be claimed to be an on-fire Christian and be going to these clubs where people are going around dancing seductively and getting drunk and, and doing these recreational drugs and partying and talking about the things they do. Hello? They're coming out of there defiled by what was there. I remember back years ago when I was living in sin, I'd actually went down the deep ellum and i'd gone with some friends to this this rock concert and it was it was a, like a satanic thing it was <laughs> i had no idea what i was getting into but thankfully i had praying parents and um man i wasn't doing good spiritually but but i'm gonna tell you them praying for me probably kept me alive at some times but i was in this place and it was an underground thing and there was probably about a thousand people there but i knew even though i was away from god and i wasn't doing good i knew that this was not this was the way i would have told you when i left there i would have told you that night that was not a safe place for anybody anything could have went that night anybody could have died that night and i don't think anybody would have cared i mean they were passing around joints like crazy people were getting drunk they were it was the 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 people that were there were violent people the band that was playing you could just sense the evil I'm going to tell you, you go to that stuff, there's a defilement about those things. Things that you bought and brought in your home from other countries can defile you. There's people that take trips. They'll go to Africa and they buy these, you know, these voodoo masks and they, they want to bring that stuff back and put it in their home because they think it's all cute and everything. ain't nothing cute about that ugly thing. Get that nasty thing out of your home. They want to get their little little you know statues of buddha and different stuff in their homes listen the stuff you go and you get that's connected to other religions it's connected to witchcraft it's got goats heads it's got pentagrams it's all this this evil garbage like Freemasonry you bring that stuff into your home and into your life I promise you you're defiling your home and I can guarantee you you're bringing demons in your home I guarantee you clean out the junk okay things that you buy that's connected to other religions it's somehow connected to witchcraft it can defile your home and defile your life nasty language can defile did you know that a woman she may go to work and there may be some some old pervert some old creeper if i can say it that way some pervert that she works with us there and he's always got some nasty perverted jokes he's telling or whatever did you know that she can be defiled by his foul mouth and his perversion just by being around that stuff can defile things that you touch i'll tell you a crazy story right here there was a guy that he had come upon a place where some satanist had killed an animal and they had done this satanic worship stuff and they were supposed to go there and pray and so he just simply did what anybody would do and he was cleaning up the animal remains You know, and he put it in a garbage bag and threw it away. And then they prayed over the place. And that night, he went through this horrendous spiritual attack. It was bad. And he later was asking the Lord, what happened? You know, because I didn't do anything. And the Lord showed him, said, when you were touching and manhandling that satanic stuff, he said, you defiled yourself. He did not sin. He defiled himself. And the defilement opened him up to satanic attack." Does that make sense and once he prayed and got washed in the blood of jesus everything was fine going to pagan temples can defile you there was a man um, i love brother kenneth Hagin, but him and his family they had went on this tour and you know when you pay you go to another country and you pay for a tour you're just going wherever the tour guide takes you and one of the places they went was to a pagan temple somewhere and so you know he's like okay well we're here and they're just standing around they walking up listen something some invisible force i remember him telling this story some invisible force came out of nowhere and hit his son in the chest it hit him so hard that it threw him backward on the ground out of his tennis shoes which were still way over here and of course he took authority and prayed and, and rebuked all that and it's interesting when you go to these pagan temples the first thing that the the people involved with that once you do is take your shoes off why because you're worshiping taking your shoes off is an act of worship and it made me think about how something knocked that kid out of his shoes you know it made me think about that and it was whatever was there the prevailing principality the prevailing spirit over that temple was less than thrilled that a mighty man of god like that had come there you know what i'm saying but you need to be careful about these things because it can defile you You can go in one way and come out defiled and you need to get washed in the blood of jesus i heard a lady talk about she had gone to hawaii if you know much about hawaii it's a beautiful place and 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 all that but there's it's steeped just like the the indians and just like the african culture the native american and the african culture it's steeped in a lot of occult pagan practices and one of the things is those those beautiful flowers that they they make into a lay and they put it around your neck okay those flowers are actually a form of worship to their deity and they even take newborn babies and rub them with those flowers and believe for the blessing of that deity okay and she didn't know any of this she had went there to minister in hawaii and they had welcomed her and put put a a lay around her neck and it was real pretty and she's okay you know and she just went on and got real sick that night It was asked the Lord, why am I battling this sickness? And the Lord said, I want you to study about this delay and find out what this is. And when she found that out, she said, okay. And she asked the Lord, wash me of any defilement. And then the attack lifted. So even though she didn't do anything wrong, there was still a defilement. Does this make sense? Okay. There can also be churches that are defiled by allowing things in. Did you know that there are churches maybe because they need the money or maybe because they don't know any better that'll let pretty much anybody rent their church to do weddings can you imagine and i'm not even going there with the homosexual stuff. i'm talking about just people getting married but can you imagine having a bunch of heathens come in and rent a church they do their wedding they go back in the back they're getting drunk okay they're dancing around all provocative you know cussing like sailors and partying living it up in the church and then that's going to happen on saturday night and then they're going to come in on sunday morning and have church something's been defiled here you see you need to be careful there's also churches and i know this for a fact to be true got this from a very reliable source that have they they simply just let their church be rented out for different things in the community and so there are people that were satanists that took advantage of that And thought well we'll say that we're a club and so they go in and rent it just to have their little meeting and when nobody's there they're doing satanic rituals in the church and cursing the church so they come in next service and it's like all of a sudden something's heavy and oppressed in there that place has been defiled and it needs to be cleansed so you need to be careful there's churches and I'm gonna tell you that that things there's even been preachers that have fallen into sin in some churches and those churches have been defiled by that amen and you know there was um i was trying to think of another story about this um oh yeah about people that have had uh psychics come in there was one church that had a lady that was a psychic come in and preach from their pulpit now here's the thing you know as well as i do that's defiling the whole church but let me say this too I'm about to get into Halloween just for a little bit, but there can be an unhealthy curiosity about darkness and the paranormal. If you haven't heard anything else tonight, please hear me about this because this can be generational and it can be an iniquity drive inside of you that the Lord needs to take out, okay? You can have, because of things, maybe you had a grandma that was a witch, maybe you had a great grandma that that used to be like in a fortune telling or whatever or you had a granddad that was a freemason or you had somebody that somehow was involved in the occult or you yourself simply just got briefly into the occult but i'm telling you that it can awaken like a spiritual lust in people to where and y'all please hear me about this that people can have a unhealthy curiosity about the darkness Let me say that again. You can have an unhealthy curiosity about the darkness. You're you're wanting to learn more about it. It's like you're drawn to it. There's something in you that is really curious, very interested, and wanting to look into it. It's trying to lure you and draw you into it. And you find yourself going maybe through Barnes and Nobles and you get around those type of books and you feel a curiosity to start looking at it. You're flipping through the channels and you come across certain movies and you find yourself really curious and interested about these things that is dangerous just like for example somebody can get involved in pornography if i could use this example and maybe they got involved in at a young age but something as soon as they did they had never been sexually active they were young but as soon as they started looking at pornography and really getting into it something happened inside them That awaken them sexually and it's lust okay and God needs to come back in and shut that down inside of them all right the same type of thing spiritually there's like this lust that can awaken in people toward the darkness an unhealthy thing and the Lord needs to cleanse that and shut that down does this make sense And I'm going to give you a story in just a moment about somebody that that happened to that will help help it make sense. Here's another way that somebody can be defiled and it's not even their sin. People that have been raped or molested. They're a victim. They didn't even do anything as far as sin goes. But yet they've been defiled by somebody else. There was a story I watched about this young lady she grew up in a christian home wonderful young lady made good grades very pretty very nice young lady was real respectful to her parents one night this guy snuck in her window and raped her now he was actually somebody who went to her high school but he was he was gothic and he was he was a dark creepy sort of guy and she was nothing like this you know she was the exact opposite of this guy after that malestation She went to her parents and she told them she was raped and all that and they prayed with her and they they took her to counseling and I think they pressed charges and stuff. But she was never the same. Now understand, I understand that there's a psychological um, level of this. She was emotionally wounded, psychologically, I understand that. But it was interesting to me as they were telling her story that she began to dress gothic and began to turn out like him. See, there's also a spiritual side to this too. That whatever he had defiled her and now she was struggling with the same type of spiritual issues he had so yes it was a a damaging psychologically and emotionally but it was also spiritually damaging and if somebody would have helped her get that defilement off her and really get delivered from what came into her life she could have been totally free and gone back to her normal life how many knows Jesus is big enough to do that but they didn't know how to get her delivered and free all right so now let's briefly talk about just real quick about halloween and pagan holidays jeremiah 10 2 says this Thus is the lord learn not the way of the heathen nations and be not dismayed at the signs in the heavens though they are dismayed at them but it's very clear here to not learn the ways of the heathen and jeremiah 16 19 says "O lord my strength and my stronghold and my refuge in the day of affliction to you shall the nations come from the ends of the earth and shall say surely our fathers have inherited nothing but lies emptiness and futility worthless things in which there is no profit how many of you know that in america there's things that are passing down generationally so to speak in our culture that is lies it's worthless it is not of god but culturally speaking it's like it has gone from the fathers down to the children then from the children to their children and it's just been passed down and it's the ways of the heathen it's things that god said don't learn the ways of the heathen but they have and they've also passed it down so a lot of times the very things that people deal with is things that they've been taught by their family is okay but it's not okay I've been in the ministry of deliverance, inner healing, and all that for many years. And my wife will tell you, we've heard some pretty crazy things that people have learned from their parents. And you're thinking, how in the world did they get that? You know, but they were told, yeah, this is normal. There wasn't anything normal about it. You know, But it was passed down generations. So now let me give you a quick story about this guy I was talking about with Halloween. There's a man that I really love and respect. He has a real powerful ministry. He's a preacher of the gospel now. But when he was a child, something happened to him, and he got very deeply involved in the occult. My wife came out of that life, so she, she can testify to some of these things, I'm telling you. But what happened was when he was a little boy, he said that he was out trick-or-treating on Halloween. You know, everybody was doing this, and, and his parents were, were normal people, so they would have never thought in their wildest dreams that he would be in any type of spiritual danger and so he's out there trick-or-treating and he said that all of a sudden as the night was was going on he said that it was the weirdest thing he here he was i may be 10 years old or something and he said it was like he was looking up at the sky for a minute and all of a sudden it was like he had this vision and he saw it was like bats were everywhere and they had like these red eyes, these beady red eyes. And he said he, it was just like he was opened up to the spirit realm or something. It was very weird. He said it was a very weird thing that had never happened to him before. And he had this vision like this. And he said while he's seeing this, he said he felt afraid, but at the same time he felt kind of exhilarated by what was happening. And he said, looking back on it now as an older man looking back, he said something had happened to him that night that had awakened like a spiritual lust within him and it was that was the beginning of him beginning to look into witchcraft and the occult and to get you know interested in the paranormal and the darkness that something had happened to him that night that turned him that direction because it was right after that that he was curious about it and he began to be inquisitive about it even as a young boy so this happened on Halloween night and then he went on to tell some other things over the years once he got involved in the occult that around that time of the year would happen. So Halloween, how many of you know that there's nothing Christian about it? It's not a Christian holiday. It's, it's actually a satanic holiday. Um, and there's other satanic holidays but our society doesn't know a lot about them. Like the Yuletide, you'll hear that referenced around Christmas time. The Yuletide is actually a satanic holiday and so is beltane or may day but see we don't s- celebrate these things at least the uh, you know widespread in our society but the witches do so may 1st may day comes belt the time of beltane and they dance around the, the maypole and all of that but see halloween has become something that's very acceptable in society and so it's widespread it's something that is passed down from the fathers to the children it's something that's culturally acceptable but it is the ways of the heathen that the Bible says don't learn the ways of the heathen. It is the ways of the heathen. So let me explain to you what it is briefly. But how many knows that as true Christians, we've got to be willing to be different and set apart from the world and be willing to endure the persecution that comes from that. So the reason why Halloween, along with other things, became acceptable is because years ago, the Catholic Church practice what is called syncretism and what they would do is they would realize that there'd be a group of people over here that worshiped through witchcraft and they saw that and they wanted to convert them to catholicism so they thought well hey this will be a good idea here's what we'll do we'll take what we do as the catholic church and we'll take what you do and we'll blend it together so that you can worship with us and now we'll just call you catholic and that you've converted to catholicism you know when the bible says there's nothing new under the sun in ecclesiastes that's not that is a reality amen that's not an exaggeration because that's exactly what israel did back in the day the lord told them do not learn the detestable practices of the nations around you you worship me alone the way i tell you to worship me and don't intermix with them and what did israel do they started going in and worshiping god the way he wanted to be worshiped and then they would go out onto a mountaintop somewhere and burn incense to another god and they were mixing the two and so you you know years later now the catholic church is taking their so-called worship to God and then blending it with these other things and they're doing the same exact thing the Bible says not to do. And then you've got today, you've got Christian circles that are still doing similar things. What has concerned me is this, that a lot of the Christian church has made it acceptable to become worldly to, quote, win the world. Are y'all following me? It's not gonna work. What would you think? You've got some guy sitting at a bar, guzzling his beer, cussing but yet he's going to tell you about jesus now seriously how would you feel about that would you respect that would you think well this guy must know god and he must be the way that i'm going to find god you know or would you think to yourself man this guy's probably just a hypocrite like that's the reason why the, the a lot of people out there think that all christians are hypocrites is because of this type of stuff and we we don't need to be trying to be They use the word relevant and socially acceptable and and all that but there's a there's you're crossing a line when you're doing like that to be quote relevant you know and they're telling people to be really relevant relevant you need to get you know tattooed and pierced and you need to do all this and that and it's like man anyway but during this time of the year a lot of people are unprotected spiritually they're ignorantly participating in something that they do not understand. If they really understood it, they would not participate in it. If they really understood that they're putting their kids in spiritual danger. You know, if you knew that there was danger out here in this parking lot, you knew that there was a crazy guy. He's salivating at the mouth. He's cross-eyed. He's got him a gun. You know, he's high on drugs. He's about to kill somebody. Would you let your little 10-year-old kids run out there and play with him? of course not because you realize they're going to be in danger okay but see they don't realize that they're letting their children be in danger spiritually they may not be in danger physically but they're in danger spiritually they may not be in danger mentally and emotionally so much but spiritually speaking they are this is the time of year let me just read through this try to follow me where the warm months of the spring and the summer are passing away and it's the beginning of the cold months which historically the witches have viewed as the goddess was ruling the months of the spring and summer from Beltane to Halloween remember from May Day to Halloween that was the warm months that was like the goddess they, they worship a goddess and now at Halloween time is the turning where now it's going to start getting cold outside and they view this that the horned god will now rule the fall and the winter and he was known as the horned god of the hunt isn't that weird but see they they were superstitious and pagan and they wanted to have favor with these deities because back then you couldn't go to walmart to get your steak and t-bone anytime they had to go out and hunt for survival and if they didn't get stuff and bring it into their family they could go hungry that winter so they began to try to appease the deities and that's what they believed. they genuinely believe that there was a horned God of the hunt that was you know the Halloween time was the turn and they need to of, of where he would come into power and they needed to worship him and all and being you know favor with him or whatever Satanists view Halloween as Satan's birthday which is ridiculous who knows when Satan was born okay first off he was created not born <laughs> But it is a counterfeit and an attack against the fall feast. Now, everybody get this. We just celebrated Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and um, Sukkot, Tabernacles. We just celebrated these. Now, listen to me. Halloween time is a counterfeit, and it is an attack against the fall feast of the Lord. It is a counterfeit. Did y'all hear me? Hundreds of thousands of Satan's servants are worshiping and calling on ancient demonic spirits, which open up the gates of hell and release a lot of evil in the earth. Let me say that again, I want you to hear this. This is a time where people that are discerning people, that are prayer warriors, they that, that are people that, that are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and sensitive to spiritual things, they're going to sense around Halloween time because hundreds of thousands of Satan's servants all over the world are participating in darkness and they're calling on these ancient spirits, and they're worshiping, they may not even realize they're doing it some of them, but they're worshiping the devil inadvertently, and they're calling on these spirits, and what's happening is, is that you can feel it begin to be in society, you can just feel it, and people that are discerning in the spirit will sense them, and it, and it grieves them. It is a night that the occultist are trying to communicate with the dead isn't it weird that that people think that you can actually talk to the dead i mean what do you think you're going to go to this this lady and um, all of a sudden she's talking to your dead uncle charlie for you i mean is that what you think here's what here's what happens whenever somebody dies they either go to be with jesus or they go straight to hell to be with the devil but they don't float around rattling chains and messing with people in their homes what's going on there is demons and what these things are called is familiars y'all hear me this will make sense to you what a witch will do is somebody comes in and they want to talk to their quote dead uncle so-and-so and so she will there's there's familiar spirits that will feed her information about him and so she'll convey information that she should not know but she's getting it from a familiar spirit that familiar spirit was familiar with dead uncle charlie she knew about him she knew that he used to smoke a pipe you know and this this spirit will know these things and communicate that to the witch and now the witch is saying okay you know she gives this information and people think that that she's communicating with dead uncle charlie but she's not she's communicating with demonic spirits and it's called necromancy and it's extremely forbidden in the scriptures on halloween halloween around the world human sacrifice is taking place It is an ancient Celtic New Year for the Druids. And supposedly, the ghost of the dead would revisit their homes (laughs) as the realm of the dead and the living comes together. Now imagine if you believe that, how creepy that would be. So all the people that's lived in your neighborhood for many past generations now are floating up out of the realm of the dead, and they're going to be walking through your neighborhood, you know. That's what they believe. And so that's why, one of my points here, but that's why they would begin to dress that way like ghosts and like demons and they would try to look like that because they figured, hey, look, all these, the dead and the demonic are going to be roaming around tonight. So let's all dress up and look like the dead and the demonic and they'll think we're one of them. So they won't hurt us. That's where that whole thing comes from. This is the goofiest one of all is Jack of Jack-o'-lantern. This is, listen to this. The whole thing about jack-o'-lantern you ever wonder where that comes from apparently there was this poor guy named jack and he made a bargain with the devil and he lost and so now jack has to roam between heaven and hell for all of eternity and he was given this little ember to light his way so he put it in a lantern and he's roaming about because he lost the deal with the devil how stupid is that that's where jack-o'-lantern comes from even bobbing for apples goes back to fortune telling the haunted houses go back to the fear of the dead roaming the earth see they really believed in, in i mean it obviously wasn't dead people but i have no doubt demonic spirits were loose there's no doubt in my mind about it but they were afraid they would be in their homes and they knew that these druids and these people were out there sacrificing to these pagan gods and calling on them and they knew that creepy stuff was floating around Are y'all hearing me they knew this was going on and they were afraid and so they began to do things to deal with this But you know where trick-or-treating came from was because these pagan people would go door-to-door knocking And they would demand that the people there would give them either some kind of food Some kind of financial offering or maybe an animal or maybe their child to sacrifice and the people that were willing to give what they were asked to give they would take a big turnip and uh and now it's pumpkins but they would take a big turnip and cut a hole or whatever put a light they would put it there on their door so that whenever these things were floating around they would see the turnip and they would be protected that's what they felt like because they appeased the demons by giving to does anybody see how evil all this really is come on man this is dark and satanic as all get out there's nothing about this that would please god but this was very literally going on in this culture. This was back when the druids were doing this all the time, and every year would roll around, they would have to appease these deities, and they would go through and they would demand, "You're going to give us food, or you're going to give us money, or you're going to give us something to sacrifice because we've got to appease these deities." And they, and the people that participated, they were given that turnip, and supposedly that would protect them. But that's a counterfeit once again of what God showed us through the Passover where the blood of the lamb would protect you. Are y'all seeing this? The blood of Jesus Christ is what protects your home. So let me tell you this. On a pagan holiday, this pagan holiday, dedicated to, we would say Samhain, but it was pronounced Salween, the pope of that time in the Catholic Church declared it to be All Saints Day. Here's what he did the prayers offered to the demons of these people were now to be offered to dead christian saints and it was the catholic church's way of blending these religions together so that's why you get it called all saints day isn't that weird that the catholic church would feel okay with going to these people that that are practicing this darkness and say listen guys instead of praying to these demons and and sacrificing to these demons why don't you direct this to dead christian saints and we'll bring you into our fellowship and we'll bring all this together and we'll call it all saints day this is the history of this but that's why the bible says to us very clearly come out from among them i am one that does not believe at all in syncretism i don't and there's people that do and there's there's preachers that might hear this that'll get mad and say oh well i don't believe in it i do not believe that you need to be trying to mix things together i don't believe that our church needs to be trying to to blend halloween and also christianity i I don't believe that i believe that it is it will defile. i really believe i believe it will defile the church I'm not saying that people are in this horrible sin and it's going to send them to an eternity. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that by participating in these things, they don't realize it, but they're defiling themselves. And when they set up these decorations, I've got people in my neighborhood, man, that's got elaborate cemeteries and, and cobwebs and spiders and ghosts and goblins and all these creepy lights. And some of them have little bitty kids. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, how? And, and they'll say that they're Christian, but I'm thinking, how do you not look at that and have to think to yourself there's something about that that's dark (laughs) there's something about that that's probably not God (laughs) you see what I'm saying it doesn't take a whole lot of discernment it's like going into a tattoo parlor you can walk into a tattoo parlor and just stand there and just look around are you going to be thinking in your mind man this is holy ground (laughs) this is hallowed I mean, come on, people. But see, what they don't realize is, and I'm being serious about this, they are defiling their property. They may not be doing some horrible sin. You know, I'm not saying that it's this horrible sin, but I am saying that it's defiling their home and it's defiling their family by participating in these things. So let me read you a few more scriptures. Consider the people of Israel, Second Corinthians 10:18. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar. Remember how the priest, would, they would sacrifice those animals and that the blood of the animal was to, to cleanse that family from their sin? And the priest were able to take that sacrifice and that was, that was their family's meal, okay? So people would bring these things to be sacrificed under the priesthood, but the priest would eat of it. And what Paul was saying here, don't you understand that the people that were eating of this, they were, they were sharing in that altar. They were sharing in that do i mean then that the food sacrificed to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything no but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons not to god that's in your bible and i do not want you to be participant with demons you do not drink the cup of the lord how many of you tonight we took communion you went over there, you've got this little juice, and you drank that cup, and you were thinking to Jesus. He's saying right here, you cannot take the cup of the Lord, the communion table, and drink the cup of the Lord, then go out and drink the cup of demons and participate in satanic things as well. You cannot have part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. And he says, are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? We, Paul is saying there, don't try to blend it learn from israel's mistakes and we can say now learn from the catholic church mistakes too don't try to blend these things it will anger the lord And you know talking about food sacrifice to idols that was a big debate in the early church because there were so many pagan temples you know and they would go out there and there was people that would worship their demon gods and so what they would do is for example they might take these animals and they would turn them toward that pagan temple and they would kill the animal and it was a worship to that and then they would sell the meat in the marketplace so there's a big debate should Christians eat this or not but I'm telling you that this is pretty rampant in our society there's been several um, over the years places like Chinese restaurants that I've been into just give an example I think that my wife was with me. I know for sure Zach and Wendy were one time. But we were eating at a, a Chinese restaurant, and there's this big, ugly Buddha. And there was a plate of food in front of Buddha. Now, somebody that doesn't know what's going on is thinking, that's, that's dumb. I mean, why would you set a plate of food? The guy can't eat it. You know, I mean, he's dead. <laughs> but what they're doing is the Asian culture that worship Buddha, even in their homes, what they do is they'll make a big meal and the first plate. They'll fix a plate, and they'll set it in front of Buddha it's an act of worship and so they're basically dedicating their food just like you and i will we'll go out to eat and what do we do we pray over our food we bless it we we consecrate it in prayer we dedicate it to our god they're dedicating their food to their their god now how many knows that buddha was just an ugly overweight dead man okay so you're not dealing with an actual praying to buddha what you gotta understand is there's a very very powerful principality behind that religion and people are worshiping and praying to that demonic entity not a dead guy you see what i'm saying and so you go into this chinese restaurant and you see that and you realize wait a second all this food has been dedicated to buddha does that mean that you can't eat the food of course not it just means you need to pray over it here's why because that food could be defiled spiritually can be defiled just like you and I can pray over our food and it's gonna be blessed. If they pray over theirs, there's a defilement. But the Bible says all food, or you will follow me, all food can be consecrated by the word of God in prayer. We can cancel that stuff out and, and it'll be holy. And for example, there was a man that came to um, Carlos Anacondia and he just simply had a bracelet. But while he was in the occult, some, some shaman or something had put something on this bracelet and so he was got delivered or whatever in this meeting and he went up to brother carlos and said i want you to pray over this bracelet or do something with it brother carlos said look he said if a satanic priest put something on this he said i'm a priest of god i'll break it off and he prayed over it broke that off and he said don't worry about it i bless it it's not going to be like that anymore and gave it back to him there's some things that there'll be a defilement but you can break it off and it'll be made holy but there's other things that are not going to be able to be cleansed you need to destroy them you understand which leads me to this next point Deuteronomy 18 verse 9 when you enter the land the Lord is giving you do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there let no one be found among you that sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire that's human sacrifice who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. The Lord is saying, you don't learn that garbage. You don't participate in that garbage. You're to be holy unto me. But there are certain things that if you have, you need to destroy it. Like, for example, if you have things in your possession that statues and idols to other gods and other religions, you don't just throw them in the trash for somebody else to get them. You need to destroy these things. If you can destroy it by fire, if not, get a hammer, but destroy it. And I've had people bring me stuff like this to destroy. And I've put it in a pile and poured the lighter fluid and lit it. And I've seen with my eyes how some of this stuff would not burn until I broke the power of that thing and then it went into flames. It's satanic, it's spiritual. So there can be doorways into your home. And let me close with this. I'm gonna move quick so y'all follow me. I talk about the morning and evening sacrifice, how um, in the Old Testament, the priests they would pray every morning. Blood was applied, blood was shed every morning and every evening and i encourage people to pray every morning and every evening to make sure that you're cleansed that your home is cleansed because like i've told you even though you may not be in sin you might have been defiled by something or someone or some place that you were so why not take a moment to get yourself washed and your home washed and cleansed and just make sure everything's pure because the whole message i'm trying to say here is that it may not even be your sin but you still could have been defiled by something. So let me close out with this. The main doorways into your home, be careful, guys, to not allow excessively violent entertainment in your home or sexual or the occult or idolatry. If you're watching things that are excessively violent, it's sexual, it's causing lust in your life, it's it's things like maybe Harry Potter and stuff that's witchcraft-based. I'm telling you, it's defiling your home. You just gonna have to listen to a preacher. I don't got time to sit here and argue about it with some people. I'm just telling you, it's satanic. It will defile you. Just listen to somebody that knows what they're talking about. All right, the next one is the DVR, the internet router, groceries, and things we buy. Make sure things are under the blood. Make sure that you pray and get things under the blood. Okay, those. You remember me talking about how gates of hell will try to open up. You need to be aware of the fact that a dvr and an internet router can be a gateway for things to come into your home but if you genuinely pray over it and apply the blood and seal that off you can shut that and it won't be the same thing with groceries right now when you go to walmart or target or wherever you buy groceries did you know that in our society right now that it is very common that a lot of the meat is called halal meat and it's islam and they the way that they do it is they turn their animals toward mecca or whatever and they slaughter them as an act of worship to islam to um allah and that's in your grocery stores does that mean you can't eat the meat i'm not saying that i'm just saying pray over it because you've got authority and power over these things okay and so make sure and get this stuff under the blood things that you buy the company you keep did you know you invite some people over your home and the garbage that they talk about they're going to run down the church run down the preacher they're going to gossip about your neighbors they're going to gossip about your coworkers, they're up there's blah 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 and all of a sudden they leave and you just feel defiled let me give you some advice don't have them back yeah and also cleanse your home you need to pray Lord wash all this pollution out words from your mouth and those through the television can defile profanity these words like F words and all these things coming out using that like GD, blaspheming God's name, I'm telling you, it can defile your home, okay? It can defile you. Substances, what do you have in your home? Do you have things in your home that bring bondage and addiction? Things that are pornographic, things like that, you need to get it out and get cleansed. That will definitely defile home. We're living in a time of great deception, mixture, and apostasy. We're living in a time where you're seeing with your eyes people that are breaking covenant relationships. Even they'll sit there before a preacher and they'll take marriage vows and they're making a vow to God and then they'll turn around a year and break it. You're living in a time when covenant relationships are being broken, where there's rebellion and dishonor and disorder. You're living in a time when sexual sins and pornography and like earlier, I talked about swingers, these wife swappers, and immodesty is rampant. It shocks me way some some christian women supposed christian women's will dress so provocative and seductive uh, brianna was upset because she was showing me one time there was a it was a group of people that were doing a water baptism in the ocean and she was she had this ticked off look and um uh, she was like you're not gonna believe this they were out there doing a water baptism and all the women were in bikinis how stupid can you be and still breathe <laughs> It's like, does anybody think in their right mind that Jesus is okay with that? you got people out there lusting while they're supposed to be doing water baptisms. And if they're married and they're lusting, they're there committing adultery in their hearts before God while doing the baptisms. I done got that mad anointing. I don't understand it. I'm sitting here thinking, how do people do this and think it's okay anyway i need to close out so i talked earlier about defilement by marking and abusing the body you know there's people i'm trying to give a lot of different examples there's people that join gangs and as a gang initiation they branded their flesh with something or they they got a special tattoo they i'm telling you they're defiled and they probably have demonic spirits they need to get delivered um these things will pollute and defile you. There's a lot of different examples I can give you. But let me close out with this. The Salween or the Samhain and the Druids. Supposedly this Samhain spirit, Samhain, is supposed to be the gatekeeper that allows the dead to pierce through the veil and walk among the living once a year, which is bogus. But anyway, there are demonic things going on. But here's some things real quick just to read through. Things associated with Halloween, and I close with this, haunted houses things that promote fear now how many knows the bible says god hasn't given us the spirit of fear it doesn't take a lot of discernment to know that this is just not of god slasher movies i don't think that jesus is going to be sitting around watching freddy krueger rip somebody to pieces okay Amen. vampires and goth this has to do with death drinking blood and suicide i'm pretty sure that's not anything that god is pleased with amen werewolf and zombies and things like that that has to do with the dead i could tell you some creepy stuff there i'll tell you one in the um back years ago i did research on the occult so that i could preach like this as a pastor and warn people and in the african culture um, there was this particular group of people that were deeply involved in witchcraft real deep and he was saying this one guy was saying that their grandfather had died and what they would do is they would do a ritual and so you got this dead old man's body okay and a spirit would enter it it's just demon possession it's not anything you know like whoa you know what happened a, a demon would enter the body and all of a sudden the the dead guy would stand up and start talking to it but it's a demon and would carry on for a few days while the body is decaying and can anybody say this is just disgusting but do you really think that the lord is pleased with these things no and also witches and necromancy Now that you know the history of jack-o'-lanterns and trick-or-treat, do you really want your kids participating? Think about it for a minute. Think about what you're having your kids do. Seriously, think about it. Think about how the pagan priesthood went door-to-door and what trick-or-treating was to them. And people say, well, my kids, they might miss out on the candy. Well, let me give you some advice. Why don't you go to the store and buy them a bag of candy? (laughs) This is not hard. If, If that's what it's all about all right and then also skeletons and black cats this is so funny i have a black cat you can tell how much i don't believe in superstition but see people think things are bad luck set up a ladder i'll walk under it i don't care you know break a mirror put a mirror in front of me i'll break it because you know why because i don't believe in luck i believe my life is blessed of the lord i don't believe in all that garbage luck the luc goes back to lucifer a lot of people don't realize that but it does. luck is is nothing to do with god my life is not by happen chance and luck my steps are ordered of the lord and my life is blessed of god amen <clears throat> so this stuff that's superstitious what about cemetery cemeteries have to do with death and necromancy now here's the last couple ones i want to say in passing but even with east easter this is interesting because the Catholic Church once again syncretized. You ever wondered how the death, burial, and resurrection became about an Easter bunny? Anybody else think that's weird? Or me? Because I think that's really weird. Uh, Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection, now that there's a bunny involved. Now where was that in the Easter story? You know, and what about the eggs? Where did that come from? Well what it was was that there was a, a you can if you guys don't believe any of this, I gave you the notes. You go look it up for yourself and you'll see what I'm telling you is one hundred percent the truth. There was a demon god named Ishtar, and her fertility symbols was the bunnies and the eggs. And so the Catholic Church thought, well, hey, we'll reach the Ishtar people. So here's what we'll do. We'll take the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we'll take these Ishtar worshipers, and we'll just bring it all together and worship together. So it's, again, it's a syncretism. And that's where you even get the name Easter is a blend of Ishtar. Actually, what we truly celebrate as Christians is Passover. That's actually what we celebrate. Passover is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's actually, we call it Easter because that's what everybody calls it. But anyway, Valentine's Day, I'm not saying this is a horrible thing, but Valentine's Day is not a Christian thing. You, you, you pray about it, let God lead, lead you about it, but it goes back to Eros, a Greek god of carnal love and lust. Remember the little Cupid thing? You know? Yeah, that's, what, that's where that goes back. Also, during Christmas time, how many of you guys love Christmas? i love christmas all right but there's still some things in christmas like for example the yuletide look it up for yourself yuletide is actually a pagan satanic holiday and so what what some have tried to do is blend that with christianity okay so just keep christmas about jesus you'd be surprised how many i, I sometimes i work with kids and things and, I, and i'll ask them around christmas time say who knows what christmas is about and i get some of the goofiest stuff it's, it's santa and they don't even know that they don't even know the wrong stories right they'll be saying you know there was some crazy santa did this and met this and this it's like no guys listen christmas is about jesus and some of those kids have never heard this i'm going hello guys it's about jesus oh okay and then some of the other kids know who jesus is so they'll be like yeah jesus and they'll start telling the story the same thing with Easter. You're like, guys, do you know what Easter is about? And some of you at work with kids, ask them. Ask them, okay. What do you think? And, yeah, it's that like the Easter bunny came, and he left all these eggs and candy, and I get to run around, pick it up, and say, no, Easter's about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So as a church, I've already made up my mind about this. We're going to keep Christmas about Jesus, and we're going to keep the death, burial, and resurrection about Jesus. Amen will y'all support me in that as we grow because you may get some parents that that want other things but i'm telling you we're just not going to do it here what they do at home is what they do at home okay all right and let me close out with the real quick about the dangers of the occult some of you may not know this i'm going to tell you so you can stay away from it. but the bible remember the first scripture i read in revelation where it says those that practice the dark arts they, they will be in hell, it says that. So let me tell you what the dark arts are real quickly so you can stay away from it. There's three branches to the occult. The first branch is witchcraft. And what witchcraft is, it ha- it's the power branch of the occult. And it has to do with casting spells, incantations, black magic. What it does, these witches, they will, through a series of words and different rituals that they do, they conjure up spirits, and they, they're working with demons is what they're doing, okay? That's witchcraft. Stay away from it. I'm just telling you, if you get involved in this stuff, it's going to awaken something in you that you don't want, a lust toward this stuff. It's going to bring a curse on your life, and it will allow demonic spirits, and it will definitely defile you. I'm just telling you. Divination is the information branch of the occult. This has to do with, like, palm reading, tarot card reading, the zodiac different things where they're trying to get information but they're trying to get information from the devil's source how many you know that we need to get information from the holy spirit not from a demon spirit sorcery is the material branch of the occult this has to do with things like statues and talismans and things that people have in their life that they believe brings them protection power money sex or whatever else they think that this is going to attract that to my life it is satanic okay and this this is very popular with occult movies and music and video games i'm just telling you to get this stuff out and keep it out and i've got people sitting here today that have come out of this type of life and they would amen me right now okay all right that they have come out of that jesus saved them out of that but their life was tormented by demonic spirits because they messed with this stuff. So I'm telling you to stay away from it. And whenever they came, you know, they got delivered and free from it, but they will attest to the fact, I never want to have anything to do with any of that ever again. And I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you to be careful and stay away from it. So this is the last couple of scriptures. Abstain from very, the very appearance of evil. That's what the Lord has told us, amen? So here at these times when these other pagan satanic holidays are going on, you don't want to be going around telling people, I'm a Christian and let me tell you about Jesus and you look like some kind of decrepit zombie over here with your guts hanging out telling about Jesus. That is not glorifying Christ, amen? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, praiseworthy, think on those things. So in other words, your mind needs to be thinking on holy things, not on things that are dark, fearful, death, evil, drinking blood, you know, killing people and all this stuff. That doesn't need to be in your thought life. Has this helped anybody today? All right. As I believe when Jesus comes, he's coming back. I'm telling you, he's coming back for a bride without spot or blemish. And I'm concerned because some people are being led to believe, even by Christian sources, that you can participate in all these things, and it's totally fine, but they don't realize that they're defiling themselves. And let me tell you, when you get defiled spiritually, you may not even know it, but it's going to start attracting things to you that you don't want attracted to you. And sometimes there can be some hidden things that you don't know about. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a moment, but listen to this story. This actually happened to my parents and I. On my mother's side, there was Freemasonry. And so the Lord had really put on my heart that there was something we need to go through and do a house clean. Do you remember this? I was telling people, so we just need to go through and just make sure that there's nothing. And I felt that there was something there. And so my dad started going through the house, and he found somehow in a jewelry box it was hidden away just tucked away but he found an old freemasonic ring that went back to like my mother's granddad i believe and it was passed down the family and i'm gonna tell you those those type of masonic symbols and things are demonic okay and that can bring stuff into your home and so you can't destroy that with fire so, so dad got him a pair of pliers, okay? Yeah, I mean, knows that you can get anointed with those pair of pliers, okay? And he, he mangled and destroyed that thing, all right, and launched it out somewhere where it would not be found. So what I'm saying is is you, you need to take inventory of your life. Think about it for a minute. Are there DVDs in your home? It, are there things that maybe before you became a Christian, it's got pentagrams, maybe you bought it somewhere and it's weird, is there stuff in your life pornographic is there things on your computer is there things in your home that may be defiling your home and letting stuff in that you don't want in and you need to get it out of your life okay and this is the the last story and we'll pray there was i was driving a school bus years ago and there was a little boy on there and he was he was a nice little boy now how many knows that some of these little boys can be nice and some of them can be little hellions you know what i'm saying But he was a nice little boy and um i remember though that at some point in time, he had a very significant personality change. He became very secluded, withdrawn, angry, and totally different. And I remember thinking, what happened? I was wondering to myself, did he, did some kind of maybe a molestation or did he get abused or did, or maybe something, he lost something really important to him, like he's real close to a pet and it died or something. I was trying to figure it out. And one day he got on the school bus and he was, really now enthralled i mean just really caught up with the harry potter books and he was sitting there and i was like there it is i knew i knew eventually i'd figure it out and ever since he got really into that he became somebody that i could not sit with other kids before he was a wonderful kid now he would snap and get violent and i couldn't keep i had to sit him by himself I couldn't have him with other kids because he, he just, he had a total personality. He oh, he got defiled and something started creeping into his life that his parents should have protected him of. But they probably didn't know. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer tonight. If, if you want prayer, you want us to lay hands on you and pray for you tonight about anything, I want you to think about it. Have you participated in Ouija boards? Have you done things that were satanic? Have you... Um, was there a time, even when you were young, that maybe you can think back, and you are know, like, yeah, we did some weird stuff. I mean, we were at this cemetery, and we did this weird thing, and, and it was scary, and something happened. And I want you to think about it, because there might be something that defiles you. There might be something that you opened your life up to that you don't want in your life. And I promise you, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus, we can get you free from that right now, right now so Lord I thank you tonight I'm asking you let's just see a cleansing of defilement right now in Jesus name so I'm going to lead you guys those that are listening to this sermon I want you to pray with me as well you may be hearing this years down the road you're driving down the street or something I want you to pray I want you to pray this out loud everybody everybody out loud just say this Jesus I've given you my life and I want to be separate And holy. I don't want a mixture. In my life. Of what is holy. And what is profane. I want to be pure. And I ask your forgiveness. In my life. And in my ancestry. Where there's been any witchcraft. Divination. Sorcery. Where there's been Freemasonry, worshiping other gods, participating in satanic holidays, satanic rituals, satanic ceremonies. There's been pacts with the devil. I ask your forgiveness. I renounce these things forgive me for participating in this and let your blood wash me clean right now and I take authority in Jesus name and I break off my life every curse every work of Satan right now I destroy it in Jesus name I command it to leave now. And if there's been any spirits that's been in my life, I bind you. You go now out of my life in the name of Jesus. Right now. I break your power. And Lord, I receive the blood of Jesus washing away all defilement out of me. And some of you right now, I'm telling you, there's some of you that you've you've had sex outside of marriage and there's a defilement in you spiritually. And I want you to pray about that right now. I'm going to lead everybody in a prayer. Lord, ask forgiveness for sexual sins. Forgive me for defiling my body and defiling my temple. And I'm asking you, wash me, spirit, soul, and body in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse out that defilement in Jesus' name.